in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. <laughs> what the hell was that? Bringing us was into that, the front page. Was that Ed? <laughs> you think that was... Take that out. That would be my contribution. <laughs> I don't know if it was sound from something. I have no idea what that was. It was a, it was a cut coming back, yeah. Um, so, first part of the front page. So I tried to recover from that. Uh, the Nets beat the Knicks yesterday. Uh. 110 to 98. The Nets, though, were down 21 in the third quarter. They outscored the Knicks by 15 in the final 515 of that game. The fascinating part to me, though, is that the Brooklyn Nets won this game. While Kyrie and KD didn't necessarily play that well or shoot that well, they were a combined 5 of 22 from 3. Now, they came back to beat the Knicks, but that game, I think, highlighted the fragility of the Brooklyn Nets playoff hopes, or I should say maybe championship hopes. They're going to be in the playoffs because they're going to be in the play-in round. They're going to be either in the series where they have to win one to get the seven seed or win two to get the eight seed. To get the eight seed. The, it's a, it's, it can be single elimination, right? And if they sure. have a game where Kyrie and KD shoot five of 22 from three against Charlotte or Atlanta or whoever it ends up being, they could be done before they we even get to the actual like yeah. eight teams left in the East. I mean, I expect the Nets to win one of those two. Expect them to get the seven or the eight seed. But it it the play in round basically gives you a little bit of an element of the NCAA tournament where, yeah, you might be good, but if you suck for a night, you're done. Well, they're eighth right now. Yeah, they're eighth right uh, now. Do, ahead do of they the, move up to eight? Yeah, they're move up to eight. Uh, actually, I'm I'm well. They're tied exactly tied with um. With Atlanta right now at uh, 42 and 38. So they're both tied okay. at, with Atlanta. So I'm with you. I mean, I, we talked to John Von Tobel yesterday. He actually came up with a reason of why they could make a run at the Eastern Conference uh, final. And I've got to stay with that. That was the hot pick two months ago <laughs> that the Brooklyn Nets would win the East. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know if I have any chance to uh, um, confirm that. But oh, yeah, that's right. Jared's pointing to the board. Oh, actually, he's pointing to the TV. Tiger's about to tee off, I think. Uh, is this- yeah, we got we got Tiger teeing off in less than ninety seconds. So uh, Tyler, uh, whatever the next t- topic is, uh, you you can vamp for a while. <laughs> we're gonna see if he actually hits it on the fairway. Um, I did not. I did not have Jared as the one interrupting the show to watch Tiger. He's. It's the only reason I ever watch golf, unless uh, Daly has a lit cigarette in his mouth. By the way, there happens to be you. Know, this was shocking, Tyler. It happens to be a gallery with with Tiger. <laughs> Well, yeah, they just did an overhead shot up. like a drone shot. <laughs> there might be thirty thousand people <laughs> yeah, following this guy. I, I got it pulled up. He's got a bright pink shirt. On. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little worried. It's, it looks like he's got a little tight collar around there. Like it's yeah. his neck it doesn't doesn't look very that's comfortable. A good, that's a good point. Um, boy, can you imagine? Hit, I I don't know. I, these guys. I mean, obviously they're incredible, but to hit in front of that many people. Look at that gallery right now. This is great radio. Uh, all the way down, all the way down the fairway. Can you imagine that many people that are going to try to follow? You can't media can't get inside the ropes at Augusta. So they have to kind of position themselves in the gallery like that and try to follow him. 
And you know every media member that's there is right, you know, trying to be right front and center. But look, th- wait, those wait a people minute, are, wait a minute. You're telling me the media has to fight with all these fans? They just can't to get see inside the ropes here? at Augusta. Can't wow. get inside the ropes. And most other golf course, you just go and get your armband and you're inside the ropes. Yeah. But from what I remember, and I talked to someone who's there covering it last tonight today, um, our friend Mark Ziegler, I said, are you going to follow him? He goes, well, I'll follow him for two or three holes. He goes, but you know you can't get inside the ropes. He goes, oh. so it just becomes a disaster trying to follow this guy with that many people. All right. Tiger Woods teeing off soon. We'll get thoroughly distracted when he does. Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? He just put his ball down. I'm not expecting him to still swing that club for like five more minutes, though, right? Well, there's a timer, and the, there was a timer in the corner that was just like, we're counting like a, down. Yeah, it's like a pitch timer, and he hasn't pitched the ball yet. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get All you right, an update when Tiger Woods actually hits the ball here. <laughs> um, as Ed gets distracted, Matthias Theibel is apparently ineligible to play in Toronto. The 76ers play in Toronto today, and players must be vaccinated. To get into oh, Canada, do we, um, are we still having this? Uh, yeah, in Canada, there you go. Tiger just just uh, teed off first hole. He doesn't look happy. Oh really? Let's no, see. Oh, did you already see it? Are yeah. you ahead of us? You ahead of us? I, the del- I'm on the delay then. I must be. I don't know how I'm ahead of you. I think you oh, put the it in face. a bunker. Oh, the did face. Did he just put it in a bunker? Let's see. Yeah, I think oh. he went in the bunker. Oh, Tiger. Oh, time to retire. One one shot, it's over. It's over. For My Tiger. goodness, the, <laughs> the limp will get the limp will get more uh, noticeable as he goes down the fairway. Now, what so, was the best thing that he ever said? I can't I can't find it, but it was something like my I, my glutes would not engage. Yes, I was trying to tee up, and my glutes continued to not engage. It's just like you couldn't get your butt working. <laughs> Ed, uh, give me give me an over under on how many holes Tiger Woods plays. Well, I think he plays. Thir- I don't think he makes the cut, so I think he plays thirty-six. Okay, I'll, I'll say he plays eighteen. Oh, really? You think he's done after today? Done. Uh, you put it in the sand on the first shot. He's done. He's okay. done for. He's gonna. He's gonna be like in, in plus seventy-two today, and just hang it up. <laughs> well, if he's be... plus seventy-two, that's gonna that's gonna be a bigger story than whoever's <laughs> leading the tournament. <laughs> Do I need to like hit something? I didn't yeah, even yeah, know we yeah, talked. Yeah, yeah. Did we? Yeah. We didn't. Don't, who cares about Matias Theibel? Yeah. Makeup stuff. Here's a local story for you. UNLV wide receiver Steve Jenkins is in the transfer portal. He led the team in receiving last year. Uh, unsurprisingly, he's already been removed from the UNLV website. Um, they do not waste any time. Boy, they don't waste the any portal. time over there with these <laughs> websites. I mean, they, they do this all the time. Someone leaves, man. They are done. Chop them down. No, no chance. If you, you go in the portal, you are done. They don't want to see your name ever again. It's like you never existed. So number one receiver from last year is in the portal. However, it might not be that big of a deal because their number two and number three wide receivers returned from last year, and they have transfers coming in from Michigan State and Indiana. So this is a position this is probably the position group they could stand to lose a player to the transfer portal even though it was their number one receiver but yeah kind of odd that after what we're like a week I was gonna say ball, aren't aren't they into spring ball now and yeah maybe he little, saw something from the Michigan State and Indiana guys yeah so a little odd um and maybe he did look up and say uh oh I'm the number three guy around here now that's not very good but 
Also, if you're number three at UNLV, that's the other part of this. Where are you going? Like, if you're number yeah. three at UNLV, it's not like it's not like you're at a Power Five program and you can transfer down. UNLV is down. Like that's unless you're going non D one, that's it. So we'll see what happens with Steve Jenkins, where he ends up. Uh, but off the roster. And by the way, just a quick comparison for you: when football players go in the transfer portal, they are immediately removed from the roster. When basketball players go in the portal or leave for the NBA draft, they still stick around on the roster. UNLV basketball doesn't go up and start hacking people away immediately. Well, sunglasses indoor. I mean, this is uh they lose someone. They're gonna they're gonna be like they never existed. Does anybody know when you say sunglasses indoor what you're talking about? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> sunglasses indoor guy. Um that they they cut him quickly. I I forget who it was last. We we saw this as well. Maybe last year when we tried to go back and get the uh, the bio or whatever, and the per, the kid was gone within like two seconds. I I give him credit. I mean, I, they, they've got a lot to do over there, but someone finds the time to get these kids off the roster on the website immediately. That's a great great question. All right, lights FC. I got two lights FC updates for you. First off. They lost last night to FC Tucson yes. in the U.S. Open Three Cup. Two. Three to two. Um, embarrassment. Uh, they lost a game by a goal. Their goalie literally dropped a corner kick into the net. Mm. Like they took it. They took a Tucson at a corner. Goalie goes up to catch it and just threw his hands, goes into the net. Oh. Uh, com- completely, complete disaster. Unbelievable disaster. So they're already out of the U.S. Open Cup. They have competed in three U.S. Open Cups and they have yet to play a USL or MLS team. Uh, they always lose the teams in divisions below them. So not ideal there. Um, however, what is fun, UNLV on Saturday is going to have a doubleheader with UNLV women's soccer. The lights are going to... Yeah, sorry, sorry, lights. sorry. Yes, lights FC are going to have a doubleheader with UNLV women's soccer on Saturday. They're trying to break the record for highest attended women's soccer game in the state of Nevada. But maybe more importantly... Las Vegas Lights is going to have the UNLV football sideline slot machine oh. for their game on Saturday. When they score? Um, here's what I'm hoping for. They score a goal, run over, pull the lever on the slot machine to celebrate. That's going to be like a guaranteed uh, yellow card. <laughs> I, I, I'm like 100% confident the referee is given a yellow card for anybody that goes to the slot machine. Like that's 100% going to happen. So I'm looking forward to that. Lights FC scoring, pulling the lever and getting a yellow card. It's going to be great fun. I also have to imagine Brett Lashbrook is a little annoyed that the UNLV football team came up with the slot machine before he did. Oh, yes. Like yes. that that screams Las yes. Vegas lights. Yes. A sideline slot machine to celebrate with. That is 100% yeah. something that Lights FC would do. I got to imagine Brett Lashbrook is a little annoyed that UNLV football beat him to it's it. It's nice that UNLV's letting him borrow it. Yeah, it is. Good it, for them. Take it over on the truck. Look, Tiger's on the green, or is that rolling off the green? Oh, Tiger just rolled off the green. This is a terrible start. Unbelievable. It's a par four. Did it roll off? It rolls off the green. Uh, th- this is a he's gonna bogey this hole unless he has a nice, <laughs> nice chip. This is not good. Over under two and a half holes played the day before he's done. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Gosh. I don't know. I don't know when I'm supposed to go to the next thing because we don't have music anymore. Do it. Do it now, Jared. Do it now. K-Long told me a couple of days ago. I, you gotta get rid of this echo. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Ed. I might need your help on this if if you know any actual reporting or have done any actual reporting here. Is Marvin Menzies the next head coach at Alabama State? 
My reporting says it's not done yet. Okay. Because, which usually means it is. Okay. So there's a, there's a Twitter account that's at coaching changes that yeah. tweets out a lot about coaching changes in college basketball and college football. And they've tweeted multiple times that Marvin Menzies is the next head coach at Alabama State. Nobody else has, has actually reported that. I don't think coaching changes is normally wrong. Uh, I'm not sitting oh. here acting like I'm tracking okay. their their tweets, but I feel like they're normally pretty on on top of things when guys, especially when they say so and so's been hired. Um, so Marvin Menzies might actually be uh, at Alabama State as a next head coach. Got a head coaching job again. My reporting would be any kind of text that says "Don't believe what you read from non-reporters." Okay, so. But I, I still think it's. Advice. I probably still think it's done. He's the coach at Alabama. Does. <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, when they say it's not done, it's usually done. So here's, I think, the issue for Marvin Menzies. You're going to Alabama State. You're going to a SWAC school. Uh, their last winning season was 2014 and 2015. In the over two decades uh, that Ken Palm has been tracking. They have never been in the top 200 of Ken Palm. The, the last time they were, the last time they cracked the top 300, was 2015-16. So this is a granted. Swack schools aren't usually very good, but this is not even like a good Swack school that Marvin Menzies might be taking over. So going to be a a tough climb for Marvin Menzies yeah, but, at Alabama State. You know, it's almost like a Menzies, you know, New Mexico State thing where if he gets in there and wins for a few years, do you think he can make a jump again? I mean, if he wins at Alabama State, um, I mean, wins that conference a few times. Yeah, I think it's pro- probably possible. I mean, you're not going to – you look at Marvin Menzies' career as a head coach, excellent at New Mexico State, three years at UNLV where you wouldn't really say he was good or necessarily bad. Like, I don't think you look at the UNLV tenure and say, that guy can't coach college right, basketball. Right. So if he's if he has five six years of success at Alabama State, yeah, I think you look and say, yeah, yeah this guy did it at New Mexico State and UNLV Alabama was State. whatever, and he's done it at Alabama State. He might be able to pull this off again. All right, coming up next, we will jump in to the Raiders and see if they are the ones that refuse to trade Jonathan Abram to the Packers. It's the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Tiger Woods. Hey, he putted in for par, Ed. He oh, did not yeah, bogey. Yeah, he, he saved par, did he? He did. He did not bogey the first hole. Made a All nice right. putt to save par. That's about, a, that's about a 10 to 12 footer. Now he's staring down the second hole that's apparently 575 yards. Um, so a little bit of Raiders today because we had some uh, fun details from The Athletic about the Packers and Raiders trade and what went down with Devontae Adams in Green Bay. So first, the, the first detail here is sort of the, the negotiation back and forth here. Apparently, the Raiders offered, their first offer for Devontae Adams was a first-round pick and a pick that was not a second-rounder, right? A later pick. I, I would guess a third, but they just said a later pick. The Packers' uh, response was, well, we want a first-round pick and a player. And according to The Athletic, the Raiders refused to send that player to the Packers. Now, it did not say what player it was, but the Raiders were refusing to send a player. They ultimately settled on a first and a second round pick. So, the speculation game here, Ed. What player do you think the Packers wanted from the Raiders? The punter. Well, <laughs> he is an all-pro. They're, uh, 
well, they gave up, you know, the best receiver in football. So I would go to that. I'd go to that route right away. Uh, Waller, a tight end, Renfro. Um, we talked about Waller, though. Uh, we've talked about it, you know, two years left, 30 years old. You're going to have to extend him if you take him. Maybe it was a guy like Hunter Renfro. Maybe it was a guy that, you know, it's like, hey, if we're going to lose a receiver, let's get back one of the best you have just so we can fill the spot. So if you try to figure out what players the Raiders have that have trade value or that the Packers would be interested in, those are probably the two most obvious ones, right? Those are the two players that other teams would want. I do think there's a chance it was like a young player with some potential, like a Nate Hobbs or a Trayvon Mullen, um, somebody like that. But I don't think there's actually that many players the Raiders would have, or excuse me, the Packers would, would have, have been wanted. interested in. And then on top of that, the Raiders would have said no to, right? Like if they if they had asked for Jonathan Abram, the Raiders probably say okay. <laughs> like oh, that's they would, fine. the Raiders would have used their own plane to get him there as quickly <laughs> as possible. So like, he's on his way. <laughs> exactly. Right. So there's a lot of players that you would have been perfectly fine uh, trading away there's only a handful of guys you wouldn't have wanted to give up and Renfro and Waller are two of those. And then Trayvon Mullen and Nate Hobbs are the other ones. Right. But because even if you do like Colton Miller, who would have some value, Colton Miller is, I think if they trade him, they would have a big dead cap hit and he's owed a lot of money. Like that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. So I think it is Renfro Waller or maybe a Trayvon Mullen and Nate Hobbs. So let me ask you another hypothetical here. If the Packers had like held firm, if the Packers had said, no, no, we, we need a player here. Should the Raiders have given up a first round pick plus Waller or Renfro to get Devonte Adams? Oh, it's a great question. I'm going to say yes. Cause I think they're getting the best receiver in football. I think so oh, too. I think and again, yes. it goes back to the same point you made yesterday. The same point you just made. You're going to have to pay Waller or Renfro, both of them. Like, if you're going to keep them, you're going to have to pay them. So, if you were basically, you would have been deciding, well, do we pay Devontae Adams or do we pay Darren Waller? Right. And or Hunter Renfro. Yeah, or Renfro. And I think you pay Devontae Adams before you pay either one of those two guys. So, I think you still, it still would have been a trade the Raiders probably should have made if that's where the Packers had held firm. So, the other detail from the athletic here was that Devontae Adams told the Packers he would never play for them again. After the combine, Adams called head coach Matt LaFleur, general manager Brian Gutenkust, and the other Packers decision makers to inform them that he'd never again play for Green Bay. Adams wanted to join a new team, and the Packers gave him permission to seek a trade. He became enamored with the idea of playing for the Raiders with Fresno State teammate Derek Carr once they got involved. So here's my question for you. Should the Raiders have done better on this trade if Devontae Adams is forcing his way out? Probably so. Like, from what we're reading here, Devontae Adams walked in and said, I'm never playing for the Packers again. And then Devontae Adams was enamored with the Raiders. So how did the Raiders end up giving up a first First and a second second round pick? How Did the Packers have any leverage on this? I mean, did he... Are the Raiders the only team he talked about? I... I mean, I I mean it's probably the first. It's probably the first team he talked about. Yeah, but did he I put just, other teams on the table? I maybe, and maybe that was enough that the Raiders said, "Okay, we gotta, we gotta we can't do lose something them. here." But according, according, also according to the story, 
the first day that the Packers allowed Devontae Adams to seek a trade, he, he came back the, with the Raiders. He and the Raiders had already agreed to their new contract. It took a couple of days for the Raiders and Packers to agree on the trade, but within the first day, the Raiders and Devontae Adams had agreed wow. to what his contract didn't, would be. Didn't we determine that the contract wasn't actually that great? <laughs> no, for Devontae Adams, not at all. He's got he's got a one basically a one year guaranteed contract, and then next year, the next the second and third year essentially become guaranteed. But he could essentially be off this team at the end of the year if things go poorly. But I guess it, the the way this story was phrased, Devontae Adams tells the Packers, "I'm not playing for you." The Packers say, "Okay, you can you can find a trade." He finds the Raiders, agrees to a contract with the Raiders, and then comes back and says, I'm going to the Raiders. And then the Raiders still gave up a first and a second round pick. I am that's they they traded from a position of strong leverage and still gave up a lot. Yeah, but they didn't give up the player. I guess. Thank God they held on to Trayvon Mullen or whoever yeah. that player was. <laughs> or Hunter Renfro. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's gotta be it has to be one of their all pro special teamers. I, listen, or both. Jared, in all seriousness, if you listed the players, I think A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson would be in the top ten. Like, if you said, who am I trading for from the Raiders, those are both in the top ten. And because the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr gets bumped off the list. So, like, they might be in the top five of that <laughs> list. Like, it, seriously, they, there's not that many tradable players on this roster. Those two guys are good at their position. So, Colton Miller. Crazy. Yeah, but Trayvon. They, but, they might even be behind, they might even be ahead of Colton Miller because of the contract. Colton Miller's going to get paid a lot of money. Like that's a, there's a lot of money invested in Colton Miller. And I would have he, loved would have loved to say that would, this athletic story that came out and said uh, sources said the player they would not give up was AJ Cole <laughs> for Devontae Adams. That would have been incredible. And they they're even throwing in the um, the long snapper. And listen, who's the special teams coach of the Packers now? Oh! 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 oh. Connecting like, the dots as only you can. Oh like, my goodness! I didn't even we, think of that. The player might have been Daniel Carlson. It might have been there Daniel is, Carlson. There is a more than ten percent chance it was yeah. Daniel Carlson. No, like, we're not giving Rich that no. guy back. Rich walked into the room and went, "All right, these guys aren't these guys aren't having enough fun. I got a guy <laughs> who will like propose fights, except like this guy has a peg leg and that guy has no thumbs." All right, coming up next, it's Darren Millard. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. Darren, how are you this morning? What's up, Darren? Good. It's Masters Week. I love Masters Week. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. It's golf. There's only one guy anybody cares about until Sunday. Uh, Rory? Yeah, John Ross. Exactly. You nailed it. All yeah. right. Sandy uh, Lyle? Answer me this, Darren Millard. How did the Golden Knights have such an uninspiring performance last night with their playoff lives on the line? You know what's funny is uh, Vancouver was asking the same thing on Sunday, and uh, that city was uh, was up in arms. Like, what what happened? How did that, uh, how did that uh, come about? And uh, the season was on the line. That was that was the Vancouver team we expected last night. Uh, uh, that we saw last night uh, on Sunday, um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 not exactly how you'd roll it out. That that's for sure. Uh, you won five in a row, and I, I, Tyler, are 
it's it's difficult to be great every night. I, I know that you admire that about me, and and you aspire that uh, you? that way. Uh, but but it's it's difficult to be great every night, and and sometimes you have a, a an off show, and sometimes uh, things don't exactly go your way, and and that's that's what happened last last night. It was the timing is it just sucks, but uh, they 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 had an off night last night. And, that's not how I thought it was going to go. I thought if they, if they lost, it would be two one, two nothing, that kind of thing. Uh, but the the, the uh, defending had uh, had, a, had a bit of a flat spot. Yeah, how? I mean, what were you most surprised at? Because it's not that they. I mean, not, not even great. They weren't even good at anything. As DeBoer said last night, they were yeah. pretty much awful at everything. What surprised you most defensively in front of him? I mean, that that was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, at the ability to defend and and, uh, and and it wasn't even so Vegas scores first on the Eichel goal, but before that goal, Vancouver had three or four great looks that either hit sticks or they just flat out missed the net on, and including a, a, a two on one. And I looked at Darren Elliott and said, like they're they're, they're coming close here, and either Vancouver's not going to be sharp enough to dial this in, or if they do. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be big trouble, and uh, the the goal by Eichel kind of masked things in the first period. Even though Vegas was 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 down two one, you're still within a goal, and then in the second and third, uh, Vancouver was able to to, to crank it up. Um, but uh, yeah, the the keeping the puck out of your net is supposed to be the strength right now, and it is. Even with uh, even with last night, uh, they they've been they've been much better uh, in in that department. Uh, just last night. Things went totally uh, sideways, and uh, I, I said actually the, to 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 Elliot uh, on the post game show like they, they were going to win the final sixteen, so it's not it's not disastrous uh, by any means. Uh, that if you if you thought they were going to run the table, then that's uh, you're you're living in a, in an alternate universe. And say hi to Tyler while you're there. I appreciate uh, you checking in on for me. But uh, chickens but, in this alternate universe. But uh, but it's certainly like every win that you have against some of these teams, it buys you a little bit of uh, uh, extra rope. And and last night uh, uh, the rope got shorter. So if you're you're looking at the chances here, I know Money Puck has them down to about 31 percent chance to make the playoffs. If they're just trying to catch the LA Kings, if the Kings were to win five of their last ten, the Golden Knights would need to win seven just to tie them. Yep. They're yep. coming off a stretch. They've just won. They've won seven of their last ten. The schedule gets a little bit more difficult here after the next two. But seven of the next ten, or eight of the next ten, whatever it's going to take. I mean, hell, they need some help. They might might not even be good enough if they win eight. But are they going to be good enough to win seven or eight? Are they going to have enough games where they don't play like last night, where they can actually pull this off and get into the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. And and uh, you guys know me. I'm the eternal optimist uh, in, in this regard. But they they just matched their season high four wins in a row and they just won five in a row at home. Uh, they turned the corner after uh, a real tough stretch uh, on the road and they were able to, to find a way to, to put a backing gear. Now uh, that's, that's the challenge is, is being able to, to, to get a backing gear. But uh, I think you've just shown that, that you're able to, to, Win these games and beat these teams, uh, and and last night if, if it's all gonna if you're gonna have an off night, have everybody be off at one time, and <laughs> and and, and it's, it's like a match. Um, 
it in, in golf. You can you throw throw an eight on the board. It only costs you one hole, and and you move on. Like that's that's the way I would compare, uh, and 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 put last night into perspective. And, and then you 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 gather yourself, and you've got uh, Arizona and and Vancouver, and uh, those two games uh, you should win, and you get a chance to maybe put uh, put the little. Uh, street together before you head into the the big route uh, through Alberta next week. Do they need Stone and Pacioretty or one of them back to do that? Boy, would that ever help, uh, Ed? And uh, in, in talking to Pete this week, uh, it sure sounds like this might be the group uh, that you're looking at that that just won five in a row and the same group that that lost last night. Uh, might be the group to, to go the rest of the way. Uh, I know we saw Patrick and Stone coming from their rehabilitation skate uh, this week. They crossed over with the main practice, and we saw them in, the, in, the, in their full gear, uh, and, and we all got excited. And then, uh, but they haven't been reintegrated with the team. They they got to go through the, the the process there. Now, I don't think I think once they skate with the with the main group, it's a really short process. Uh, with with that regard, uh, but uh, we haven't seen them yet. But boy, would that be just psychologically? Uh, we saw what the the boost from McNabb and, and Martinez uh, was like, getting those guys back and a little bit of a uh, little bit of confidence. Uh, what one and they they bring two, two different things, right? Two, uh, Pacioretty with that shot and that brilliant uh, release, and then Stone with the emotion and the leadership, and uh, and then the defending, and still can put points on the board. Uh, one of the one of the two would be uh, a, a massive boost, and I can tell you in talking to people around the league, and, and I had the discussion with somebody from from Dallas and and LA. Uh, they their their main focus is who's coming back. When are they coming back? There, everybody's worried that the Vegas is going to get one of these guys back or both of them back, and uh, and it's going to be uh, lights out the rest of the way. But uh, boy, would that be a, a big boost! True or false, they skated them across the ice in front of the media on purpose. Oh, would that be good? I, I don't think that that would be the case, but if, if I was running it, I would do it just to mess with, uh, <laughs> with, with Jesse's, uh, Jesse's mind. <laughs> just, just to get everybody going a little bit of a different direction. Oh, well, so- I mean, if you saw the tweets, I mean, it was... It was one after the other that those two gentlemen skated across a sheet of ice there to go back in the locker room and not practice. Ed, I'm amazed that anybody actually sees practice anymore because they're always tweeting. Yeah, a lot of tweets. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of, of tweets. tweets. Uh, us, us old school people, we could, we could write our shorthand and, and still watch practice or do the, uh, the news conference. Nobody has follow-ups anymore because they're always tweeting about the previous answer. <laughs> That's that's my old man, Millard. Uh, you are you yeah. are an old man. You are an old man. All right, um, ten games left. Give me a number here. Yeah. How many does Robin Leonard start? Ooh, well, he he won't play. I don't think he plays the back to back. So I'll go with uh, I'll go with eight, eight, okay. and I that's a conservative eight. Given uh, now, if he's healthy and he's playing, he's playing well, that's a that's a conservative eight. Uh, I think they. They run him out there uh, for for the rest of the way. And Logan Thompson did an amazing job. But uh, Robin Leonard, this is this is your time, man. This is uh, this is what he wants. He's he's uh, played his whole life uh, to be counted on down the stretch and be leaned on down the stretch. 
Uh, I think he's looking forward to this like crazy. Do you think he's 100%? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think if uh, the way Logan Thompson was playing and the way that uh, that uh, that they were winning games, uh, if he wasn't a hundred percent or for for, because I'm not sure how much an athlete is ever a hundred percent, but I think he's he's by far in in great position to to go out there and play. Uh, if if he wasn't, they Pete DeBoer, uh, given their situation, would have kept playing Logan Thompson. Is Tiger going to be any good, Darren? I hope so, because it'd be uh, an amazing story. Like this is, this is just wild. I, I watched him hitting a shot into a par three uh, yesterday, and it was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like just that sound. And I covered Tiger uh, a little bit way back in the day, and when it gets uh, when it gets dialed in, and there's that sound and that electricity on the grounds, uh, uh, and and he comes through and it's just such a cool experience. And I, I just hope for the sport and as a sports fan, uh, I really hope he, he has a, has a good weekend. Were, did well, you travel with him on tour at all? Uh, yeah, I covered, uh, the PGA tour in Canada uh, a few times and got a chance to, uh, chat with him. Uh, uh, it was, uh, one, one of the times was in the remarkable 2000 year when he won the, uh, uh, British Open, the U.S. Open, and the Canadian Open. It was the Open Slam, and uh, and he was uh, he he almost actually almost missed the cut because he was having breakfast, or almost missed his tea time in the first day because he was having breakfast, and they had to run to the tea, and then almost missed the cut, and then turned it around and uh, and uh, beat uh, Stuart Appleby uh, by a stroke with one of the great shots uh, I've ever seen at the at Glen Abbey. A six iron from the bunker over water. Uh, yeah, it's uh, he's he's a cool guy. But I've covered uh, three or four tournaments at the Tiger Planet. Jesus, you like had a photographic memory of that. I know. Well, it was one one of the greatest shots. Uh, it's certainly in, in Canadian golf history, but it's 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 top ten Tiger shots uh, of all time. Uh, that six iron out of the bunker to the point where people would, when they played that golf course after they had to put a marshal out in the bunker. Because people kept playing and dropping a ball there and trying to hit the same shot, and just holding up play like crazy. Good luck to them. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I was one of them, and I didn't take it through the water. Never mind, hit it over the water. Uh, well, he is Darren Millard. Uh, you can hear him on AT and T Sportsnet for pre, post, and intermission shows. Also over on Fox Sports Las Vegas every day on the VGK Insider Show. Darren, thank you so much. For thank you, buddy. We, I was too nice. Enjoy the today. golf. Enjoy the golf. It was too nice to him today. So there's Darren Millard. All right, coming up next, somebody investigated themselves and found out they did nothing wrong. We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Tiger Woods has uh, parred both the first and second holes so far today. I think he's going to be putting for a birdie on three, though, but he might be just off the green using his putter. So there's your Tiger Woods update. I'm on, by the way, I'm using the CBS Sports app, and they just have a, you can just watch Tiger's group the entire day. I like that. We, Jared, what is this off of? Because I heard there was no, we're, we're watching it off the television. Okay, so it's streaming it. We're on ESPN's featured groups. Oh, which I well, don't that's know. good because you're going to see every shot he ever takes the entire time. <laughs> that's I, I like this. I like this. They channel. can't. Hey, they can't do full coverage, but they, right. they can get you some featured groups. And Tiger, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's featured. I, that just it's random how that happened. That's amazing. We will see every shot. I, I was worried because 
like you, like Tiger or Jared was saying, um, or Tyler was saying about the CBS and the app and the streaming and everything. And uh, I was like, oh, we're not going to see much of him. Here he is again. But I tell you what, Tyler's way ahead of us because this is his second shot on three. And you're saying he's just short of the green? Uh, yeah, he's just on the fringe. He just he just hit his third shot, and it was a terrible putt. Like, god-awful putt. I could have done that type of putt. So is he close enough to par this one he'll as well? Pro- I, I assume he'll put this in for par, but he was nowhere. He didn't even give himself a shot to make that putt. I think ESPN might be congr- uh, contractually obligated to be behind? No, not to be behind, but to be like, and here's this guy doing something. All right, now back to Tiger. <laughs> I, exactly. I like the leaderboard where there's one, two, three, about five, six guys under, one under, and it starts with all that are even, and it just starts with him with his last name being W. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like it starts with him. They got to get him as high on the leaderboard as possible because if he starts slipping, he won't be on the front page. All right. Uh, a fun story. Uh, probably not fun for North Carolina and Armando Baycott, though. Uh, if you remember, there was a viral video of the floor at the national championship game kind of bending underneath Armando Baycott as he drove to the rim. And that was the play in which Armando Baycott rolled his ankle again in the final minute of the national championship game. Um, a lot of criticism for the court not being good enough. Well, a story at ESPN. According to the court manufacturer that made the court for the Final Four in the National Championship game, uh, it did not have any structural issues. They said the championship floor, as with all floors, is a panel system engineered for athlete safety and comfort, achieved by its ability to absorb impact forces as an, up, as an athlete jumps or pivots abruptly, while also ensuring that other players nearby are not negatively affected. So are you telling me that these basketball courts are built like a trampoline and they're supposed to give out when a player lands on it? Yeah. I guess so. Well, they're they're Yeah, I mean they're they're put together, right? I mean, we've seen them put down and put together yeah. at, at, when when they change over from ice under the floor, when they change from other surfaces to the floor. So I I guess they're supposed to Im- absorb the impact like this says and maybe he thought that it was the floor. He felt something differently, and it wasn't the floor at all. Did you but, guys? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, my question, though, is that Armando Baycott did not jump. This was not him coming back right, to the floor right. and, and the floor giving to whatever, be better. He was driving to the basket, yes. and, the, and the floor started to bend and flex underneath his foot. Is that supposed to happen when a guy is just running? I, it, like the, their quote makes it sound like when an athlete jumps, the impact of the jump, they're going to absorb it a little bit because that's probably better for the athlete that's up in, that's doing the jumping, right? But he wasn't right. jumping; he was dribbling into the paint. And I, 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 is it is it making that big of an impact every time somebody dribbles into the paint? I mean. The only thing that this reminds me of was about a week ago, Zion Williams was out here dunking while rehabbing, which doesn't seem like a good idea. (laughs) But when he landed, you could see his foot literally come come up. No, no. Compress the freaking floor Floor. to the point where it was like this dude just dented a basketball court. Yeah, I I saw that one, too. And again, the, the same point there. Zion Williamson was jumping and he was landing after jumping. This was just Armando Baycott. What? Dribbling into the paint, like I'm sure he was. I'm sure there's some force behind his steps, but like 
is it supposed to be buckling when a guy is just simply kind of heavy running feet? Down he's the got court? heavy feet. Yeah, he's got big feet. This guy's got too big a feet. I just very much enjoy that the guys that made the court came out and said, "Listen, we looked into it and we did absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong." Well, Operate. Not it was the it was the kids' fault. Yeah, yeah. he stepped was, wrong. Yeah, it was your fault. You should know better than to step like that. Like. I love the self-investigations that come out and say, listen, we did absolutely nothing wrong. We are cleared of any wrongdoing. The best ones, though, will always be when a school investigates itself and goes, we found no wrongdoing, but we will <laughs> refrain from it going to a postseason game. Uh, yes, we are not on Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Okay, we will implement a one-year postseason ban. Yes, we're ban. a postseason ban. We're 10 and 20. And it's probably not going to happen for us this year, so we are not going to the postseason. Oh, that's good. That's good. The postseason ban for a team that's not good. Who just did that? Did, was it LSU that just did that like two years ago? That they imposed a ban? I well, think with Will like, Wade, I, they should have imposed about a 13-year yeah, ban with that guy. They weren't going to the NCAA tournament, and they said, you know what, here's a one-year ban. Yeah. By the way, does LSU have any players anymore? You saw that, right? Every single scholarship player either left for the NBA or, or is in the, the portal? portal. Oh, it's phenomenal. I don't think they've landed anybody either. What a yet, complete disaster of a program. Do you want that job? Oh, I think guys want the job. I mean, you want like, that, don't you want the job over Alabama State? Yeah, okay. So let me. There's let me guys who want jobs. Does Kevin Kruger want that job? He no. has a decent mid major job. Does he want the LSU job where he has zero players no. on the roster? No. Okay. He's got to get might, some players for this roster. Yeah, that's true. But it might pay him like $2 million, $2.5 million. Ah, fine. Fine, financially. You can be an LSU Tiger.